Welcome back to another episode of Strange Happenings. That's right, we're back. What's and up? We've got even more topics for you today. I'm Mikey, this is the bro host, Bub. Hey. And of course, always Stoner in the back, yep. hitting all those magical buttons, making all this stuff look cool and sound good. We've got your mask on um, here today. Kyle's been working on a new audio system, yeah. a new mixer, and uh, some tools that I think we really needed uh, to just kind of help automate some things and and with take a little bit disbro's help and yeah. stoner's work and the, both those guys um i think we've got some really cool stuff oh yeah getting dialed in on the audio side yeah so i noticed the last episode sounded really good with vj yeah. Yeah. so thank you to kyle and matt for that 100 how are you doing i'm great like i said you got uh, what, your mascot in here with us hey this is rollo <laughs> Rolo is the most chill, awesome dog in the world. Somehow he found his way into our family. He had been uh, in four other homes, by the way. He's a great puppy. This is his fifth home. So four people brought him back. Yeah. Unsure. Like, this is still such a mystery because... He's the sweetest dog. He's he's a baby. That's what's amazing about it. Yeah. Yeah. He's a big baby. Yeah. Well, Anywho. we had Ruben on the show once. Yes, we did. He was quite active. Yes, we, yeah. Couldn't he, really get comfortable. No. He was all over the place. Yeah. To... <laughs> he's he's too much but, here. Uh, Rolo might be the new Strange uh, Happenings mascot. <laughs> Ruben might be just uh, an Instagram model. <laughs> Put him up there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we've got some great topics today. Yeah, we do. Um, you know, shout out to everybody. By the way, new subscribers and all the folks that have been, you know, following us, all the new yeah. countries listening to to the show, um, we have you know people from all over that somehow have found their way to uh, to us. And yeah. For that, we are super super grateful. Yeah. Um, the map you know. is impressive when you look at it on um, Captivate too, mm-hmm. um, where and that's just the audio side. But you yeah, know, you're seeing what countries are lighting up and hitting and what times and was this in the last seven days or the last month or six months or what have you. So right, it's cool to like dig through that and. It's wild when you do certain topics that hit off in certain countries. Right. You know, depending on the content. Hey, what's up, Necromechanimal? What's up? Oh, didn't get a notification. Oh, well, you know, somebody else uh, had mentioned that, the notification button. And I know, for me at least, I had to make sure there's two different notification bells. One's clear and one's white. And I just kind of found that out like a week ago because yeah. somebody was like, hey, I wasn't getting notified. Yeah. Um, but There's a lot of troubleshooting that yeah. you would think be just kind of baked into Not it. Not the so first time we've seen that. Worry but, about it as much. But uh, appreciate you hanging out. But, yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> but, you um, know, again, all the, all the people following us, thank you. Absolutely. Um, subscribing. It's really We are open. like this close to 700, which is mind-blowing. Now, um, I will say we haven't gotten a rating yet. On the audio side of things. Ra- so oh, a rating a on five audio. five-star rating hey. would be... Actually, we've got one in Apple Podcasts, but I be think bold. it was one of our friends. Because it was like, that's these great. guys are dope. And that's I was like, great. okay, that's definitely okay. somebody we know. That's, that's great. Probably, yeah. uh, who knows, but... Go out there on a limb and, and hit the, the ratings button. Give us a review. That'd be great. That would be super helpful. Have fun with it. Yeah. Um, but what else? We get social media, anything like that we need to do? We'll we, do that at the end. We didn't compile a list, I realized, this week no, we of the countries no, and the we top didn't. ten. And well, it's a lot. Here's, here's the thing. I just Today, need some computer to do that. We had me. the Hollow Sky episode released yeah. on all the audio platforms. So right. Today, uh, the Hollow Sky Boys, which is, I believe, how we met Necro, right? He, he uh, created an image for us, 
before we went live with the Hollow Sky Boys. And then after that episode, created that amazing collage uh, with... Um, You're saying he did one for Hollow Sky and then for us? Yes. And that's how we came across... Because, again, it's like a blur to me anymore. Like, every yeah. day is just like, what happened? <laughs> Who's jumping on? It's great, but it's just it's very hard to keep track of what's all occurring, like, yeah. at what times and who did what. Right. It's wild. But, yes, so we met through through the Hollow Sky show that we did and that's just dropped on uh spotify apple wherever you get your podcasts it's out today uh, oh yeah it's yeah, worth yeah, a listen because yeah, yeah. that one's a, a really, really good, one. good one for the audio version well and the audio got saved the audio got saved Which we did have some YouTube, technical yeah difficulties yeah uh with the um live stream the whole system kind of went crazy in the beginning of that show yeah um but kyle and matt got it under control and yes. were able to salvage the most of the audio that's uh, great if not the full so that was awesome to see and it sounds really good so and it's more of like stories so um listening to those guys stories about this watcher in the cemetery oh god was so good cemetery x yes oh god. the cemetery that shall not be named yes it's like cemetery so, voldemort one what's thank, up uh thank those guys and all the hollow call yeah and some of the support we've gotten from from all of those folks. Oh yeah, we've had a lot of uh, uh, support from everybody that we've had on, which yeah. is amazing. Like we really appreciate it. It's it's fun. Like yep. you know, I mean, again, I've said it a couple of times. Like we're doing this for a reason, but there also have to be people listening to have a reason to do it. Otherwise, it'd be a lot of work to kind of shout into nothing. Which right. it's fun getting engagement and getting people to jump in. We got. Uh, Flutz Capacitor. What's and up? Taken Papers TV. That's a new one. Chilling Taking at papers, work, welcome. tuning in. Yeah, nice. <laughs> um, yeah, so do you want to get into it? I'm trying Head to think if there's, if there's anything uh, else that we wanted to... Oh, we could talk about on Wednesday we're going live with our friend. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, and, talk about that. Yeah, so... I'm heads up. Not quite there. She's had gone down kind of this road where... Um, she's in kind of a phase where I believe that her name is changing, so I'm kind of holding off to really totally blast it out. But we have an interesting episode coming up um, that's uh, – we're hoping that we get a little demonstration of, of some flute and uh, some some a music demonstration of um, essentially a right. shamanic sound. Right, hearing. right, right. I was about to say not just any music, though. Yes. Like, uh, uh, not that music doesn't have a purpose, but this is a different intended purpose type of tool using sounds yep. and frequencies to. And she's living in a, a at an ayahuasca retreat center right. in Puerto Rico, or I'm sorry, uh, Costa, Costa Rica. Rica. Yeah, and she's working there, and um, you know, participating in all that they offer, and so she's going to be coming on to talk about her journey. And um, I'm excited for that one. Yeah, the artist um, after the VJ show. Mm-hmm. Keep them coming. Amel Michael. And yeah. So Amel, um, yeah, we're looking forward to that one. Yeah. So we'll have it posted on our socials. Yep. I don't remember what time we're going live that night. I think, I think it's 7. seven. Yep. 7 p.m. Somewhere around there. So that's the only thing else <coughs> I wanted to bring up. Yeah. Uh, we can jump right into it. I believe, Bub, you're going to you're gonna lead us with this lead first off, one, right? Lead off hitter. Yeah. Cool. So Russia keeps coming up with UFOs lately, right? We did the recent one of them saying they shot down a UFO. Now we have this headline from the Daily Mail written by Will Stewart that Putin is, quote, buzzed by color-changing UFO. It was spotted by four Russian planes as he was making a speech threatening nuclear war against the West, which, 
you know, <laughs> historically speaking, uh, there have been a lot of occasions where dealing with nuclear missile silos or nuclear weapons in general or uh, ballistics in the air. I've, I've seen videos of pilots talking about UFOs coming around them, shooting lasers at different sides of the head and basically disabling it midair and right. then they skirt off. So All their sensors and just yeah. gone. Yeah, so anytime there's mention or, you know, activity around these places, where it, wherever it is in the globe, I think, you know, there's always like somehow there's a an ET or whatever the UFOs are monitoring. They're like, okay, they're, they're messing with that toy again. We got to go make sure they don't blow themselves up completely. Um, but basically, this uh, channel over in Russia reported that um, the crew of an Airbus A321 of S7 Airlines operating flight S72046 from Sochi to Moscow. Sochi. Right? 2014! Sochi. That, that was, was our battle cry when we went skiing at, uh, God, I can't. Someplace in God, Michigan. Someplace Anyways, in Michigan. Anyways, I already Great. derailed us with that comment. And Disbro, <laughs> what's happening? Looking and sounding great, guys. Appreciate hey, that. Thanks, Matt. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the plane's heading from Sochi to Moscow. It's 12 minutes before reaching Volgograd. Volgograd. I don't know how to say that. At an altitude of 10,000 feet. Or, sorry, 10,000 meters. So about, what, 33,000 feet, somewhere around there. They reported that they observed an unidentified flying object at right angles to the plane on the left side. Quote, the object was changing color and height and the direction of movement. The channel monitors air incidents and added later the crews of Aeroflot number whatever and S7 Airlines number whatever and Rossiya number whatever. Flights confirmed this information after flying near Volgograd. The Rossiya plane crew assessed the distance of the UFO at around 125 miles. The sightings were reported to air traffic control and civilian and military authorities. Quote, the competent authorities have been notified since no flight plans were provided in the specified area at the time. Quote, permission to use the airspace was not issued. The S-7 crew reported the timing at 7.08 Moscow time on Thursday. The timing of the other sightings were not precisely revealed. Um, they did say that the 7.08 sighting was around three hours after Putin's arrival and occurred as he took part in the commemorations, which included his saber-rattling speech, which is harkening uh, back to the, you know, talking about nuclear war and, you know, Kind of stirring the pot, so that saber rattling. He's been on one. Um, it, it is also said it is known that laser displays linked to the 80th anniversary commemorations were taking place at 6, 7, 8, and 8.45. Mm. Maybe that's another attractant. Who knows? Maybe. Yep. Um, um, the, the last part of the article, though, kind of goes against all this that, you know, it's anything they knew about because they said the pilots still would have been expected to be informed about this, mm -hmm. whatever it was going on. Um, the Russian authorities have not commented on the UFO reports. The flights reporting the strange sightings were S-72046 or Siberia Airlines from Sochi to Moscow, Aeroflot, also Sochi to Moscow, Istanbul to Moscow, and Rossiya from Man, I can't even say that last one to St. Petersburg. I'm not even going to attempt it. <laughs> it's too much. The flight paths took the planes to the east of Volgograd, formerly called Stalingrad. All the air routing show major detours to avoid flying close to the war zone in Ukraine before they flew past Volgograd. So there's these. So they're, they're, they're given all the instances of what it's not, right, throughout the article. It's not, you know, a fighter jet or some kind of. Uh, Aircraft from the Ukrainian of conflict. Elimination. Yeah, they're already kind of chopping away that wood of trying to figure out what it is. But what do you think? Why is Russia 
Is it because they are? I mean, like I said, historically, after the fall of the Soviet Union, they okay. really didn't give a damn. They had general people were talking about UFO programs that were happening during the Soviet era because really at that they had nobody to. Uh, there was the entire military. There's no There's one no in charge. Structure. Yeah, right, right. you know, if you ever seen the movie War Dogs, oh god, where they're buying like the massive uh, ammunition, decayed and like yeah, like the Chinese ammunition, yeah. and because you know those wild Soviet movie. generals like making all these side deals, selling all these arms. Mm -hmm. So in that sense of, they just talked. All those guys were talking. So a lot, I mean, Russia's been way more open than any other country when it comes to their UFO programs. Um, and just talking about it in and, general and because government. it's not as clamped down and kind of way more than we have over yeah. the years. So, you know. Makes sense. I mean. Doesn't surprise me. I just thought it was interesting. So first we had the article a few weeks ago, you know, that was widely over Twitter and Instagram and everywhere. Um, kind of like, and we didn't put it in the headlines this week, but everybody knows about the balloon that got shot down from China, yeah. right? And if you don't, there was a spy balloon or there was a weather balloon that went off course and they shot it off the coast of South Carolina, I think yesterday or the day before. Um, but yeah, it's just, what is actually going on? If you're shooting something down, if you're having activity again, like it seems like they're engaging, like we might have video, but we don't have an open report of shooting something down i guess on the yeah. u.s soil side yeah we don't haven't admitted anything not saying we haven't yeah time travelers coming to see everything before the <laughs> shit hits the fan <laughs> well the hey time travelers are or trying to ensure messages. that they uh maybe they're dependent on our timeline so that their timeline still works type thing too you never right. know Yep. There's a lot of weird theories They're out us there. from the future. Well, maybe this next article that you're going to read dovetails into that because this one yeah. is straight out of sci-fi. Yeah, it really is. It's wild. Uh, so, Popular Mechanics article. Um, it's pretty recent, February 1st of this year, uh, by Tim Newcomb. Scientists have built the first modular body, a living being that isn't alive. Uh, basically... What they're doing here is uh, it's a study, first of all. It's not, you know, this isn't like mass produced. This is way, yeah. way, way early on. Yeah, yeah. But again, it's the like concept is there. so funny that there's even people working on this kind of stuff. I mean, it's inevitable. I of mean, course. It, all the clones, the clone horses from last week. Well, just, it, it's, it kinda, just getting transplant <clears throat> organs in general, there's always been this right. push, <clears throat> at least when I was still in medicine, too. Like, you know, they were trying to grow lungs and grow yep. livers and grow kidneys and all kinds of organs because why swap them out like a car? Why right. do we, you know, we can get them from a used car, yeah. i.e. a donor, or maybe we can figure out how to create our own. Yep. And that's what this is. A biologist is using collected human cells to create a living organism powered by technology. Yeah. Uh, the modular unit unit offers <laughs> independent. I think that's important how they that wording unit offers independent modulars that can connect and detach. So the experiment shows uh, off future possibilities of switching out organs. So liver goes out, heart starts to fail, you get lung cancer. It's just like changing a tire, bro. Yeah. Except it's your yeah. left lung right. instead of your left 
right. wheel. <laughs> right. That's exactly so, the thing. Yeah. And we were talking about a little bit, you know, I always go to like weird stories that don't make sense in really ancient history. Where right. when tablets get kind of decoded, um, the stories about Thoth and Osiris and, and what they're talking about in those stories is essentially like transferring of the soul to a new body to cr- constantly upgrading the body mm-hmm. that that's how these kings lists got so long and some of these kings lived for a thousand years 1500 years wow and so you have ruling uh, these beings that are ruling for you know just eons because they're constantly upgrading their bodies or switching it out yeah thoth for example makes me think the of the father, mummy how yes. they would transfer their spirit into another body and and right so this is, you know, we're at the beginning stages, but it's funny because here's the uh, equivalent. Biologist Cornelius Vlasman envisions a human body as working as a biological Lego system. Yeah. And his clickable system of interchanging human organs is coming to life. If you're willing to define life fairly loosely and you're willing to suspend reality for a bit... In a fictional experiment, Vlasman created Oscar, a living organic being formed from his own cells, albeit one that functions with the help of technology. And if a pocket-sized human system crafted from organic material wasn't interesting enough, Oscar is fully modular. And here's what you can start thinking, Lego-like words with each part interchangeable to create unique arrangements. While this is sadly a sci-fi experiment, it's one that just might have legs and arms. Oh, God. Wink, horrible joke. Insert here. Um, But here's this interesting video. And again, I don't exactly know what we're looking at here. Uh, I'm guessing this is some kind of... It's it's just like um, cells, right? No, no, these are real cells. Those are real tissue that he took his own cells and he cultured them and cloned them and grew his own muscle or whatever tissue, right? hooking it up to basically electric signals, what our body runs off, right? We generate electricity. It's a joke from the Matrix about being a copper top when they talk to Neo mm-hmm, about it, right? Because mm-hmm. we do generate electricity. Yep. Yeah. Um, I mean, that I leads down a whole job. variety of alleys that I could go with spontaneous yep. combustion and right. No one's ever that was huge in the nineties. Right. Spontaneous combustion. Right. Does that happen anymore? Oh sure. Oh really? sure. Oh okay. sure. I'm okay. sure it does. Wow, you know what this video made me think of too? Pickle Rick. If I had another <laughs> Have you ever seen Pickle Rick? Look at that! Right? That's creepy. Wait till the birds aren't real people get a hold of this shit. <laughs> We're done. That looks like a bird, doesn't it? It looks like. That's bad. Wow. You're never going to look at a pigeon wow. the same way. That was a creepy it's bird. gross, isn't it? Ugh. I don't like it. I don't like it. It looks like the creature from the aliens without all of the legs. <laughs> the little face sucker. The early ones. Yeah. Ugh. God, that's still okay. Makes me... Thank you. Yep. Done yep. with that clip. Good on that. Uh... <laughs> thank you, nightmares. <laughs> Jesus. I'm going to go to bed tonight with my favorite stuffed animal. <laughs> Get your grandma's Afghan. Yeah. <laughs> Cuddle up. Feed my dog a bunch of sugar so he stays up. Um, oh yeah, let's send that to Mars. That's right. That's right. Born not to run. There we go. That what what okay, that that opens another can of worms of sending right. a biological AI to Mars that then becomes all powerful and attacks right. us from Mars. And then becomes Krang. 
Oh, Jesus. From the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Wow. I love Krang. Right? Yeah. He's so creepy. He's just a brain. And his voice. It was always, always disturbing. Always very yeah. garbly. Wasn't my favorite. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, there's more to that, but I just thought. No, it's cool. Um, and what they say in the article, too, is it. what you were kind of uh, saying before. It covers it later in the article, but basically the, the researcher, that's why he's doing this. It's the same concept of like. You need a new lung. You need a new this. Yep. You, why can't we do Swap that? Swap it out. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really like, man, it's wild. Like now, if you can do something like that and figure out a way to transport people, yep. you could send somebody to the next nearest planet if you could, you know, figure out a way to propulse it. It's always been a how do we get people there if it takes 75 lifetimes right they always you know they used to theorize you'd have to have a breeding pool of this many people and it'd have to be this many women this many men yeah and they'd have to make this many offspring and they need this many because the gene diversity would have to be like it you're talking real strategizing yeah and on a a wild level so now if you could just throw you know instead of hyper sleeping like like in aliens right you can just you're gonna get there in 75 lifetimes but it'll be you Right. Right? You'd exactly. Might just be bored to death as you're writing there. Stoner said, Meet Puppets to Mars. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Meet Puppets. That's a great, yeah, great a band. band. Um, all right. I, I got the third one, right? You do. All right. Th- so the next one is. Hey, uh, by the way, real quick. Yep. Guess what? Lights on. Hey, lights on. Staying on. Lights on. Staying on. That's what I'm talking about. That. Govi. I don't even know what I did. Govi. Govi, if you're out there, we would love a sponsorship. Every yeah. light in this entire place is a Govi light. We dig them. Uh, except yeah. quasars up here that are all the front lights. But yeah. All, the all through the office. Yeah. All through all the ceilings. The master control over there in the that area. Yep. It's just all lit up. So, yep. Gabe, Govi, hit us up. We love your product. Yes. Uh, we would love for you to be a part of what we're doing. Help right? us make the bro zone more bro. The bro zone? The bro zone's getting pretty bro, but we'd like to yeah. step it up a notch. And even if it's more lights, we can always take more lights. Yeah. Uh, anyways, so we got Australia becomes first country to recognize psychedelics as me- medicine. Hello. How have we not gotten there? How is Australia going to beat us to that? I think they're driving. There's a lot I think of re- what we're doing is driving up demand for it in our country. Well, it's right because there's a lot of people that could benefit from it in the in U.S. How many and this is just being cynical, but states. I think it's. We're just pushing people over the ledge till it's like we're going to get you in the MDMA trap here in the U.S. I don't well, know. Well, MAPS is the, okay. Not what? in a trap. I'm saying yeah. I think it could help a lot of people. Like to your point, yeah. why is it not happening here? Again, I think, and again, this is totally a joke, but you know, we're driving up the business for it because, again, there's right. They're going to realize extremely high like levels of depression and, and or, uh, yeah. Uh, well, loneliness and non-treatment, uh, untreatable depression is the big thing that Most, psychiatrists are just, they can't figure out. You can't throw enough pharmaceuticals at it to do anything. You yeah. can't chip away at it for anything. It kind of, after a while, can make it worse. And, and uh, I'm know, not a big so. believer in pharmaceuticals having a positive benefit and having had my own they experience do help with them. some and, people. Sure, sure. Brother's the best boy. Sure, but there's also, like, the underpinnings of, like, rewiring your brain too right and that's what you know 
this article is talking about. That's yep. why this treatment and therapy is very beneficial. It reminds me of reading articles about terminal cancer patients that were oh, doing yeah. end um, of life psilocybin therapy. treatment. Yeah, yeah, end-of-life therapy. Right, and the, the best result out of that that I read that was just like summed it up perfectly was somebody going, you know, I used to take the medication to, to cover up the problem, and I could, fu- you know, function, which I get. But yep. they were like, so what did it do when you did the psilocybin uh, treatment? And he was like, it made me deal with the problem. Yes. It, I you, have this. You can't this, run away from it 100%, on a trip 100%. because that's when you have a bad trip. That's all a bad trip is. If you go down a dark hole, it's because you're being faced more than likely with something that you do not want to work through. Oh, now, sure. Here's sure. the counselor, the psychiatrist. If it's done correctly right. with somebody like our friend that knows what they're doing in a, in a, in a clinical session right. or, you know, you like our friend uh, living in Costa Rica, right. you can go the shamanic route. It's You can get to a lot of the same places yeah. different ways. Yeah. Well, it, this we is used in a to clinical setting. Very safe. Yeah, we used to use it in treatment. Yeah. It was used in treatment. Yeah, previously. until the 80s. The right, rape for, scene got a little crazy down well, there in was, Dallas, Texas. It was being used People for marriage just, counseling. Yes. And they and said in one session, results. you'd get three years worth of results in one session because but, people were just being honest and talking yeah. and getting past all of the buildup and structure they put in front of each other and interact, right? Like all the walls that people don't right. always see. Um, and just being almost like childlike to where you just have no filter. Yeah, and you're just getting honest feedback and information because there is no filter. It actually disables yeah, that sure. part of your brain. I didn't know that. And there's a great documentary. If you guys have not seen this, it's worth to rent it. It's you can rent it on YouTube. It's probably on Amazon. It's called Neurons to Nirvana. Oh, if yeah. you guys haven't seen that, and you want to understand the the science behind how these uh, heal the mind, not just. I mean, it, it's pretty fantastic. Well, and, it's, um, it's, Terrence McKenna, uh, Terrence McKenna's brother, uh, Dennis McKenna, Dennis. is in it. Um, you know, they interview is, uh, Stamets in it. Uh, I don't think he's no. in that one. That was kind of a little bit before mm. Stamets was kind of well known. Yeah. as far as he he is now. But, yeah. Um, well, jump into this. Let's see yes. this article. So we Sorry, probably, I, I probably read the article. Huh? Um, yeah. This is a passionate topic. Uh, Australia has become the first country to recognize psychedelics as medicines. After the Therapeutic Goods Administration, that's kind of weird, Therapeutic Goods Administration took researchers by surprise and approved the psychedelic substances and magic mushrooms and MDMA for use by people with certain mental health conditions. There we go. MDMA and psilocybin are active ingredient in the magic mushroom will, uh, will be considered Schedule 8 drugs, meaning they are approved for controlled use when prescribed by a psychiatrist. From July this year, after the TGA acknowledged there are few, uh, there were few other op- options for patients with specific treatment resistance mental illnesses. So this is kind of like you have nowhere else to go. Why not? Why not approve something like this? Right. Uh, the changes will allow MDMA to be used to treat post-traumatic stress disorder and psilocybin for treatment resistant depression. They will still be considered uh, prohibited substances or Schedule Nine drugs for all other usages. So, these two specific reasons would put a massive dent in our society for sure. 
I mean, uh, just take soldiers, PTSD. Take, I've met soldiers, yeah. man. It, that's take it's a the rough. same conversion out west when mm-hmm. they legalized marijuana and the direct correlation between the drop in prescription opioid use and death oh, overdose. That was like night and day different. Night yes. and day different, right? Like, you know, we we get it. You want to? You need something to kind of help you get by, whatever. But like, don't. Don't start taking a handful of pills every day and then get hooked up, you know. Yeah, smoke yep. a joint, whatever. Okay, great. Like, that's pretty harmless to you, right, in the in the grand scheme of things compared to yeah. taking prescription pain meds that possibly get you down a very weird road. <laughs> um, so I just thought yep. that's interesting. So, I again, I think this happening, if it happened in the States, would be, like, well, wild. I think we're going to get there eventually. I mean, the... Eventually, Federally, I see it happening. it's going to take a long time. But yeah, yeah, Oakland, you have the whole state of Oregon. Oregon. The entire state of Michigan is now. Is Washington decrim- as well? Uh, Colorado. I don't think Washington is. Michigan no. decriminalized mushrooms? Yes. Really? Yeah. It hasn't fully gone in, wow. I don't think, until 2024. Okay. Um, Get everything in line. It could be now, actually. Yeah. Get everything uh, in line. But it's decriminalized, Oregon. meaning if you got pulled over with a you know, a quarter or some, you know, maybe a few hits or a quarter of mushrooms or something, you just wouldn't get a ticket or go to jail and you wouldn't be charged for a crime. Right. Because it's not a crime. Right. It's, a, you know, it's, well, it's a it's, war on consciousness, essentially. If you want to watch a good movie on that, a good documentary, watch Timothy Leary's Dead. Mm. It's a great movie. Yeah. And he really passes way through it and then, like, it's a wild film. Is that the one with um, where Ramdas was with Timothy Leary before yeah. he passed away? Yeah, that's a really cool documentary. Yeah, Timothy that's, Leary's dead is amazing. Yeah, that's, that's a really fantastic cool. film. Um, but yeah, so uh, prescribing will be limited to psychiatrists, giving their specialized qualifications and expertise to diagnose and treat patients with serious mental health conditions. A TJA statement published on Friday said. Psychiatrists will also first need to be approved by the TGA's authorized prescriber uh, uh, scheme. However, the TGA has not yet evaluated any approved products that contain psilocybin or MDMA, meaning psychiatrists will have uh, to access and legally supply unapproved medicines for the specific authorized users. This is where it gets really confusing because they just kind of like did this with no plan. And these researchers are go on to say, like, yeah, I mean, we didn't really expect this to happen. Therefore, there's not much of a plan in terms of a how to roll it out, right? Or even the, right. I mean, maps. They'll probably go talk to maps, multidisciplinary uh, psychedelic. I probably totally butchered that. But I have no idea. They have the full lots means. of research on MDMA, so yeah, um, you know, they just don't have any protocol in place. So you go to someone like Maps. And you say, hey, we need help setting up protocol now that these are available to go into psychiatrists and go sit in a room and with the therapist and, and do this. Yeah. These guys, they, they don't really know how they're going to give the cert. There's no, uh, I guess, game plan or. Um, no, they just. Like, I guess what you call it a program when you go to therapy. Yeah, a treatment program. Yeah, so they don't or have therapeutic anything regimen figured or... out. No, they didn't study it that way. (laughs) They just went ahead. Even one of the... the It's kind of the opposite here. We're studying like crazy, researching so much stuff in the hopes that it becomes legal. Right. And then when it does, you know, groups like MAPS and others will be locked and loaded and ready to roll out 
how how does it work? You walk in, you just like you would meet a therapist. It's not much different. I don't know. Um, I think it would be a little different. Yeah, but in terms of the process, I mean, I of, think that's why I don't remember. Was it Strassman that was doing the DMT Strassman, Yeah, and we, you know that. You imagine that, like, so okay, the onset and the the duration, etc. So you're going in, and you could get a treatment in a half hour, right? And achieve what might take you eight to ten to twelve hours, right? But again, it would probably be something you, you're you're looking at. You know, that might be like, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it takes a little bit to draw it up, but I'm thinking like an inpatient. You go in for like a week. Yeah, you stay there a week, and they, you know, do like two or three sessions, and then you have like decompression sessions the next day, and yep. you know all kinds of data and feedback from it. Um, because again, yeah, you know, you you might get yourself figured out a lot quicker than mm-hmm. going and having well, to get to know a therapist, and you go, go like through three the whole times dance. and you're done. That's all you need. And a lot yeah. of these studies. It's like, yeah, two, three times, and I was good. I didn't need to go back. That's a problem yeah. for the pharmaceutical industry. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a huge problem. Guess what? I don't have depression after three of these sessions. Uh, Pfizer, how are you going to make your $1.8 billion that you made off of these anti-depression drugs right. or whatever it is? Right. It's not uh, a great business model. Psychedelics are, are, are you know, uh, going to smash profits if it starts to become fully accepted and legalized all over the planet, psh, if they do, dude, we're talking about moving into a, a golden era of paradigm sorts. of yeah, new new age of medicine. They let it happen, anyways. Getting back to more natural, yeah, therapies. I think you got the next one, Bob. Alrighty, uh, yeah, we have an article talking about what's been going on a lot lately, which is. You know, cloning and duplicating different animals. And so scientists apparently are reincarnating the woolly mammoth to return in four years, right? Like, this we is, talked uh, about this a little bit, but yeah, now they have a plant in like four mechanics. years. Yeah, it's this a is hard Tim, number. <laughs> Tim Newcomb, and this is from January of this year. Um, the headlines are Colossal is the company uh, recently added 60 million in funding to move toward a 2027 de extinction of the woolly mammoth. Oh my God. The Dallas-based company is now working to edit the genes for the reincarnation of the mammal. Colossal planned to reintroduce the woolly mammoth into Russia, but that may shift. Um, The article goes on, The long-dead woolly mammoth will make its return from extinction by 2027, says Colossal. The biotech company actively working to reincarnate the ancient beast. Last year, the Dallas-based firm scored an additional $60 million in funding to continue the well. Mammoth gene editing work it started in 2021. If successful, not only will Colossal bring back an extinct species, one of the company dubs a cold-resistant elephant, but it will also reintroduce the woolly mammoth to the same ecosystem in once in which it once lived in an effort to fight climate change, according to a, a recent Medium post. Uh, the company calls the woolly mammoth's vast migration patterns an active part of preserving the health of the Arctic, and so bringing the animal back to life can have a beneficial impact on the health of the world's ecosystem. While Colossal originally hoped to reintroduce the woolly mammoth into Siberia, the company may explore other options based on the current political framework of the world. So, all right, they're, they're just to start off. The woolly mammoth is already being politicized. Of course. Just it wouldn't waste put them in the well. Maybe they wouldn't. Precious. What's he going to do? Go full Hannibal and ride him across the ocean? <laughs> I mean, I'm just joking. but I mean, the Siberia would be a good spot for them to land. It's so vast. 
unimaginable, oh, could untold you imagine? mileage of Be wild. just nothingness check, in nature. Yeah, check this out. The woolly mammoth's DNA is 99.6% of a match to the Asian elephant. That's wild. Which led Colossal to believe it's well on its way towards achieving its goal. Quote, in the minds of many, this creature is gone forever, the company says, but not in the minds of our scientists nor the labs of our company. We're already in the process of the de-extinction of the woolly mammoth. Our teams have collected viable DNA samples and are editing the genes that will allow this wonderful megafauna to once again thunder through the Arctic. That's nuts. Hmm. That's absolutely nuts. They said they'll eventually, um, through gene editing, they're going to create an embryo of woolly mammoth. Um, they'll place the embryo in an African elephant to take advantage of its size because African elephants are much bigger than Asian elephants. Yeah. So to birth this woolly mammoth, you wouldn't want to start with an Asian elephant. It'll look like Jim Carrey coming out of that rhino. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Warm! (laughs) (laughs) Pretty hot in them rhinos. I love the family that rolls up. Hopefully Bigfoot doesn't get mad. Uh, (laughs) Imagine Bigfoot riding a woolly mammoth unstoppable. Dude, Dude, they would probably steward the mammoths. We need to get on writing that script right now. (laughs) The woolly mammoth come back and Bigfoot comes out of total hiding and dominates the world and we become Squatch.0. Like, yeah, subservient to the Squatch. That'd be a great film. We can do it. Um, (laughs) We know some screenwriters. Yeah. Max Grove, um, if, you're out, if you're listening, he's already shoot, shoot, uh, working on a cryptid documentary. Right. Yeah, so then <laughs> using the uh, African elephants to be surrogates to the woolly mammoth um, embryo, you know, the goal is to repopulate parts of the Arctic with the new woolly mammoth and strengthen local plant life with migration patterns and dietary habits of the beast. If Colossal proves successful on reincarnating the woolly mammoth, ditto the thylacine also known as the Tasmanian tiger, yes. expect a variety of new ethical questions to arise on how to handle the creature and potential reintroduction issues. Now this... Remember Justin from Cryptids of the Corn talking just, about the thylacine? Yes, yes, but... And he believes they are they're li- 100% living right people now. People see them all the time in Australia. Yeah. But if they're found, what does that do? You got to give them a habitat. Yep. You can't build a skyscraper. You might have to tear down this. You might... So there's like a purposeful effort yeah. to not find these animals, sure. quote unquote. Sure. Yeah, I mean. That's mind boggling. You can't mine in a forest where there's a Bigfoot that's right. almost human right. type creature. Right. This is like and the patent office and how the patent office is really just set up to have sandbaggers follow, follow catch you money. when you make your patent that they've already sat there and trapped you with. Yeah. But they didn't want to invent the thing and actually build it. They just thought it up and wrote it down, but never did it. Like, that happens all the time. Like, yeah. That actually is stagnating progress and invention mm-hmm. and ingenuity. Uh, it's just like history. Geez, I could it's go just on a like big diatribe Biology, about yeah. history. You know, it's all. Corrupt science. I have a whole book on that, just case after case of corrupt science. Um, yeah, that's my soapbox on this. But that was the tail end of the article, too, where, you know, they're setting their sights on it. We, we we had an article the other week about um, they cloned what was it? Was it the sheep or the, the, the horses? Preswalski horse. Yeah, <laughs> they cloned the little Preswalski horse. But they also they're going to try to clone the dodo. Necker's there's not colossal themselves, not this company. But there's another oh. effort out there to clone the dodo bird back. Yeah, I did see that. That one didn't make the cut. We had we had that linked. Yeah. Does it make you feel like you know when you're uh, uh, you get older, like 
me now and I find toys, like if I go to Big Fun in the short north, yeah, I'm going to find a toy sweet. that That's I'm going to have ET to buy. That's where E.T. came from. We love Big Fun. Big Fun's a lot of fun. That's why it's called Big yep. Fun. But this, this is like humans are going as the earth is an old toy box. Yeah. And we are finding these old toys. We're going to polish it up. And we're going to make another woolly mammoth. That's crazy. That's what's going on. Yeah. I don't know. So if they could do that, hold on now. Hold Jurassic on now. Jurassic Park's going to become real. I just about we're to. all going to get exactly eaten. where I was going with We're it. all going to get eaten. 100%. Well, at least woolly mammoths won't eat you. They'll, they'll like, I, full on, you could get stepped on or attacked by a woolly mammoth. Sure. Have but a huge. It's just a start. I'm thinking it. Yeah, I'm thinking it's it just a you. start. Yeah. What do we got next, Bob? Bigfoot riding a woolly mammoth. I love it. <laughs> <That's cool>. um, <laughs> next up, I think, is you. You were going to hit up on this uh, uh, yep. Mayan discovery. Got it. So this one's cool. Um, a vast 2,000-year-old Mayan kingdom, kingdom discovered in Guatemala challenges ideas of Mesoamerica. Imagine that. Mm-hmm. We don't have it all figured out. No, hmm. Yeah, but some of these lidar images are pretty cool. I mean, look at all those temples and yeah. the temple mount complexes. Um, you know, there's definitely a lot of pyramids. Some of them almost look like conical mounds in a way. It looks like something around seventy to a hundred structures, possibly. I mean, there's some right. small ones. There's some very large ones. The red highlighted ones are. I don't know why they're red and highlighted. Do you know? Um, What's the difference? They're just showing you, like, the probably the main buildings. I don't know. I don't know, because there's other things. It looks like that, that right. mound in the center. I noticed that, too. It doesn't have anything tagged to it, but I don't know. Maybe that's just what... That's interesting. So, the remains of a vast Mayan kingdom were found in northern Guatemala, raising questions over the daily lives and demise of its inhabitants 2,000 years ago. According to a report published in the Journal of Ancient Mesoamerica earlier this month, the ancient metropolis contained more than 1,000 settlements densely packed together over 650 square miles. Wow. Challenging the theory that most Mesoamerican settlements were separately populated, the site was discovered by an international team of researchers from the United States and France who published their findings in a journal. Hold on. A thousand settlements over 650 square miles. That's big. What is that? What... Can we get a reference on that? Like 650 square miles? Like what chunk of a state is that? Because, like, that's big. 650 square miles? That's a giant national park. That's huge. Right. Is that bigger? I got to look it up. You can keep going. I'm going to okay. I'll jump back yeah, in with ahead. the stat here in a minute. Um, so the site was uh, located by LIDAR, uh, using LIDAR, a sensing method that uh, uses laser light to measure distances. The technology is well-suited to surveying archaeological sites in Central and South America as the laser is capable of penetrating thick rain, rainforest canopies. Researchers flew over an area known as the Mirador uh, Calakmul uh, Karst Basin, the MCKB. Probably should have just said that first. Um, and directed light pulses towards the ground, generating a three-dimensional map of the Earth's surface. The survey of a the Mayan site revealed more than 1,000 miles of causeways or raised beds used as roads, forming a web of implied social, political, and economic interactions. The authors of the paper wrote, The sprawling transportation network would have allowed easy communication and trade between groups suggesting a social and economic uh, coher- coercion 
that exceeded those of lesser um, uh, uh, during the these periods. Uh, the series of canal and reservoirs were dug to move and store water in anticipation of dry periods, respectively. There was also evidence that the Mayans broke periods of uh, hard work with entertainment. Some settlements had ball courts suitable for playing a variety of Mesoamerican sports. Large platforms and pyramids were discovered elsewhere, suggesting the civilization had a centralized hub for labor and politics. Wow. Very cool. Did you find anything? No. What's 650 I'm square miles? Terrible at Googling this. <laughs> I can't find anything to give me some kind well, of conversion. Well, that's all right. Well, if you come across it, we can we can go on. But, yeah. I mean, all you got to square miles, right? So it's... I'm not great with math. <laughs> <laughs> Try to figure out how to think of this. 650 square... I mean, that's just, big. It's just big. How about that? It's very It's large. like 100 and some miles Neither roughly one of us to our, smart. our hometown, right? That's the problem. It's right like 100 now. and some miles roughly to our hometown. Right. And then if you want 100 and some miles south. Yes. And then if you think it's a pretty big chunk. <laughs> it's huge. It's big. We can agree it's Jeez, big. Jeez. Um, okay. God. That's it. That's all I had for that one. That's a cool article. Yeah. I thought that um, was And you got the next one? Yeah. Uh, last one we have... Um, Comes to us from Live Science, written by Owen Jarris 11 days ago. And um, this one is talking about a 52-foot-long 50, Book of the Dead Papyrus from ancient Egypt discovered so at Saqqara. Cool. So cool. So for the first time in 100 years, a full Book of the Dead Papyrus has been uncovered at Saqqara. Archaeologists in Egypt have discovered a 52-foot-long 16-meter papyrus containing sections from the Book of the Dead. The more than 2,000-year-old document was found within a coffin in a tomb south of the Steppe Pyramid of Dozier at Saqqara. There are many texts from the Book of the Dead, and an analysis of new finding may shed light on ancient Egyptian funerary traditions. Conservation work is already complete, and the papyrus is being translated into Arabic. According to a translated statement, which was released in conjunction with an event marking Egyptian Archaeologist Day on January 14th. This is the full, first full papyrus to be uncovered at Saqqara in more than 100 years. Mustafa Waziri, Secretary General of the Supreme Council of Antiquities, said, according to the statement, the Steppe Pyramid of Djoser was... Con How do you say that? Is it Dozer or Djoser? Uh, Djoser. Djoser. Was constructed Dozer. during the reign of the Pharaoh Djoser. Dozer. Djoser. Ruled circa 2630 B.C. to 2611 B.C. Isn't that one of the beings from Ghostbusters? Sorry. Isn't Gozer. That the, Gozer. Ooh, very well, close. Well, yeah. Gozar the Gozerian. I just watched that the other day. I watched both of them. Their first Ghostbusters. Both. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, I watched They them. hold up. I still love them. They hold God, up. Great. Anyways. Um, <laughs> the Steppe Pyramid was constructed during his reign and was the first pyramid the Egyptians built. The area around the Steppe Pyramid was used for burials for millennia. Indeed, the coffin that housed the newfound papyrus dates to the late period circa 712 B.C. to 332 B.C. Zahi Hawass, Egypt's former minister of antiquities, told Life oh Science boy. in an email, <laughs> information about who owned the papyrus and its precise date will be announced soon, Hawass said. The Book of the Dead is a modern-day name given to a series of texts the Egyptians believed would help them navigate the underworld. 
yep. among other purposes. They were widely used during the New Kingdom, circa 1550 B.C. to 1070 B.C. While 52 feet is lengthy, there are other examples of the Book of the Dead papyri of that length or longer. There are many manuscripts that would have been similar in length, but papyrus manuscripts of ancient Egyptian religious texts can vary like dramatically in length. Um, Look at that. Born to Run says, <clears throat> I wonder how long it took before they released it to the press. Yeah, they're very particular on what they let you see. They said apparently they're going to put it on display um, soon at the Egyptian Museum, but, you know, they've got to, uh, I don't want to say edit, but they have to proofread it, right? Make sure there's right. nothing slipped in there about this is how you vibrate, you Interdimensional know, 70-ton stones beings, to a, a chamber 90 feet elevated above, you know, nothing yeah. but earth and sand. Over 10 mountains with sound vibrational technology. It's like the end of that Tenacious D song where Sasquatch is like, hey, tell him, tell him Sasquatch was here. And then he comes back later. He's you know, like, my baby says. better tell him it was just a friend. It's like. <laughs> Don't start talking about Tenacious D in the Pick of Destiny right now. That's not the Pick of Destiny. Oh, wait. No, that's, that's the music the, video. Yeah. Yeah. God, that's good. Strawberry you River. What, you better what? Tell him it was a friend. Um. <laughs> Yeah, you know, there's there's got to be a little bit of, you know, um, knowledge filtration. Um, I don't think anything kind of gets out without some kind of oversight anymore. I don't know. You think I'm wrong about that, Mike? Um, I mean, yeah, there's too much oversight. They're very controlled on what they release. True. Sahi Hawass isn't one to... I mean, there's so many chambers and things that they found <laughs> that they still haven't... Reported what they found. I mean, they've sent teams with those robot, those robots into those. That was like two years ago, bro. Why haven't we heard anything more about some of these things that they approve? Because they found some weird shit, and they don't want you to know about. Or they found some weird shit that they don't know what it is. Sure, you can't really come out the benefit of the doubt. Well, I'll say that. Yeah, I'll give them the devil's advocate. I mean, if it's technology or something, yeah, they're definitely not going to understand because. Only engineers and geologists are, you know, the ones that are well, breaking open all this weird technology when the archaeologists aren't willing to accept it because they don't have that lens of, like Jeff was talking about and Graham talks about, um, and not having that kind of lens for this is something that's technology or, you know. Because they it, can't see it that way. They're not allowed to see it that way. That's what you're saying. Not trained to. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Right. No, no. But it, it is. It's kind of like Ma- training a dog mo- to pick up a scent. Yeah. And that's the only scent they can smell. Yes. Or that's what they track. Right. And I'm not trying to be a jerk and say your dog. It's just a dogmatic approach that it's, you know, hard to break out of because you're not trained that way. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure. And again, yeah. I've, I've read Michael Cremo's works. There's a lot of archaeologists and good scientists and researchers that have completely gotten run out of the profession when they make yep. discoveries that don't align with the dogma. So That's right. it does happen. It happens in a lot of industries and it's unfortunate, but why haven't they l- looked uh, what's underneath the pyramids? They have, they know what's under there. There's weird chambers, a lot of, them. and tons of paths. Yeah. What if it's that like lead uh, to the old Nile river and to the, there's what a lot. What if it's like Darren Kuyu? Um, it could very well be. You Build know, an underground network too. There's some kind of like chamber that, you know, the Nile when it was right there, it was it was right along the 
the Great Pyramid sat right on where the Nile River used to be. Right. It got pushed over a mile to where it is now. Okay. However, that happened. But imagine that river being right there. What VJ was talking about with us. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. always the yeah. bend in the river. The river's That's right there. That's where the settlement or the temple or so the sacred those, place was set because yes. of the energy. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what I was those thinking. underground uh, chambers and, and pathways, what what if they filled up with water? Yeah, yeah. And as that water kind of recedes and goes up and down, it creates this frequency. It creates this well, energy. It's, it's creating energy from, by going through the limestone, too. Mm-hmm. And the, the it's magnifying it all with the quartz and uh, the electromagnetic property of the pyramid itself and the shape of the pyramid being, you know, a focus, like a, a generator. Centralized a, point of pinnacle. Yeah. Um, so not to go super dark and deep, deep into that, but, you know, these papyrus are really cool. It's just the artwork's beautiful. Is there anything else on that one? Power <laughs> oh, Born Not to Run saying, yeah, I remember seeing the videos where they the put robot. the little robots in there yeah. that were basically, you know, like the wired remote control to it. And they, you know, ran them up. And I remember the the passageway was only like, you know, a box. Right. They haven't big. released the robot since. Exactly. They just, yeah. Do you think they were expecting not to find anything? And they'd be like, great, we can finally shut up everybody. And then they're like, damn it. Oh, there's a shot of Rolo. How about that? Oh, he's a good boy. Hey, Bozo. Look at that good boy. My dad calls him Bozo. Uh-oh, now he's going to come over here. Brozo. <laughs> Hi, buddy boy. Here, right. we're done with these. Yeah, we're good on articles? Yeah. Come well, on. that was come on. a really good one, guys. Come on. Thank you all for uh, joining us. Oh, there he is. <laughs> here, watch your head. Oh, he good baby. Um, My dog's going to get jealous now. And that's... Uh, yeah, thanks everybody for hanging out. Absolutely, uh, we appreciate the support. You know, as always, uh, the Facebook group. Uh, yeah, welcome Start a Facebook group. Uh, everybody, we have sixteen members. It's growing. Uh, Jump on in, hop on in. It's everybody's uh, friendly. Strange road hitchhikers, and you know we're still getting dialed in of kind of what it is and and how it's all flowing. And yeah, I've just been posting things that are interesting. Other people's podcasts. Um, Hollow Sky is doing an episode with the uh, Uncomfortable podcast. Oh, cool. So I've just been sharing some of the kind of inner fam, kind of weird fam yeah, stuff. Yeah, a little word of mouth, never hurts. Um, but, you know, hop in that if you guys want, and then follow us on yeah. Instagram at The Strange Road. Um, you can follow Bub at Bub Ranley, at Mikey Leesner, and, of course, at Kyle Stonard if you want to see um, awesome, you know, mini RC videos and amazing behind the scenes analog work. photography. Yeah. And uh, if you're into uh, cattle dogs, you'll see, find some of that. The Cuba. There as well. Um, and then um, Bub's kind of our Twitter guy. Yeah. And we're at the I'm on Twitter quite a bit. On Twitter as well. Um, again, listen uh, to us on all major podcast platforms. And please. Please rate us. That would be so awesome. Five stars. Five stars or bust. Or bust if yep. you like the show. Yep. Um, and then, of course, always like this video, uh, this stream, if you could. And subscribe if if you're not out there. And yep, we love hanging out with you guys. And this has been yeah, we have a blast every week. Another episode of the strange happenings in the can. Uh, this one was solid, a fun one. Yeah, we had some derailments. Kind of wonder when we're going to run out of headlines, but <laughs> it never ends. Geez, Luckily, we have the internet. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's too much usually. Uh, also, can you hand me that book? Yeah. Just wanted to say, we got a couple new books. This is one of them here. 
I just want to show. I meant that top. Damn. Uh, Ancient Stone Mysteries of New England. This is by uh, Mike Luoma. Sorry, Mike, if I'm butchering your name. Uh, but this is a pretty, I think he started writing this in 2020, pretty much during the pandemic, uh, but just covers the stone chambers of New England mm. and really weird dolmens and stuff that you would find in Wales and, and some things like that. So, uh, and then the other one, which I left over there, but uh, David, Psychedelic Bodega. Oh, yeah. Um, Ancient Mysteries of New England. So I found this by accident looking for that book. Nice. So uh, we've got a couple new books, maybe with some potential a, uh, episodes. So keep a lookout for that. Um, and hit us up. Send us anything yeah. that you guys think is interesting. And if it's awesome, we'll cover it on yeah. Strange Happenings. Definitely. Definitely will. Anything you want to say, Bob? No, I'm good. I thought this was solid. All right. Let's wrap it up. Appreciate it, everybody. All right, baby. Till next time. See you guys.